Welcome in. This is the first episode of Dynasty Breakdown with Cash, and I'm your host, Cash. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've been playing fantasy football now for over 15 years, seven years in the current league, over uh, nine years in the last league. Both of them were combination of Dynasty Keeper Leagues. The last one was salary cap. The current one I'm in, no salary cap. Um, enough about me. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more. Oh, about me. Okay. So, uh, my ideas and goals behind why I decided to do this show. So, basically, like I said, for the last 15 years, I've been playing and doing research. Research has changed over the years from going to your local pharmacy, let's call it that, and uh, getting a magazine that was, you know, probably printed in July or August uh, at the latest. And you're relying on that to do your draft in September, which we all know is not a good idea. Well, well most of us know that's not a good idea. Let me, let me rephrase that. Um, so I thought, as I was doing my research to uh, try to see my trade values of uh, my keepers and uh, keepers that I want to trade away to, you know, get back draft picks because we only have so many keepers we can keep in our league. Um, I thought instead of trying to put a big post on the site like I've seen done before, I thought, why not make a podcast? I figure a good way to get my information across uh, and uh, maybe talk a little shit at the same time. So. Um, that's, that's basically why I started the show and we're going to see where it goes. Um, as far as today's show, I got a few things in store. I'm going to explain the pool for anybody who's not in our pool. I'm presuming most, uh, viewers at the start are going to be guys from my pool. Uh, so I'm going to let everyone know what our kind of league structure is and points and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm going to get into a nice, uh, detailed running back breakdown of, uh, the cream of the crop. And I'm going to give you my top four running back tiers at the end of the show. But uh, let's get into it. So the pool that I'm in, 12 team, um, live draft, 16 rounds, uh, keeper structure. Uh, we get three keepers. There's no round attachment to it like there is in some leagues. So it doesn't matter when or where you drafted them. And there's no limit on how long you can keep them for. Uh, you just have to decide year by year if you want them to be one of your three keepers at the end of the year. One really cool thing about our league is that we have this thing called Futures. Where at the end of the 16 rounds, after everybody has their team, we do one more round of uh, selections. And that player is called your future. You cannot trade him. You cannot drop him uh, until after he's served his three-year future contract. And at which time then you can either keep him or trade him. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty cool little quirk to our pool. Um, we are... We're, <laughs> Our waiver format is constantly changing, like a lot of pools should be. You should always try to be looking to improve your pool, looking to make things better for everybody. So uh, this year, our waiver structure was weeks three, six, and nine, which is the most waivers we've ever had in my seven years of being in this pool. Um, not by my attempt not to try and get more waivers, but, you know, I'm a new guy in this pool, and uh, they've been running this pool for, you know, 25 years now, and... Uh, they, they like it their way. So I'm cool with that. I'll, I'll beat you your way. 
which I haven't done yet. Let me clarify. In seven years, no championships for me. Second and two-third, but I'm going to get me a ring one of these years. Um, last year, you know, our waivers were two weeks. Week, after week five and after week ten, random draws. We used to do it with worst to first and then a random draw. So we're always changing stuff, and I'll, you know, keep you guys updated on any rule changes we have this offseason moving into next year. Um, there are rules with trading. You're only allowed to trade with the same manager three times in one uh, calendar season. You're not allowed to trade a player back to a guy who you would have traded to him uh, earlier that season. The following season, I'm pretty sure that gets wiped away, but it's the idea of trying to avoid collusion, which obviously nobody ever wants. That's how I got in this pool was because guys were trying to collude and cheat. And so they kicked two guys out and I was one of the two guys to get in along with Mile High. So, um, as far as point structure in our pool, six points for passing touchdowns, uh, obviously bonuses for 300 yards, um, points for completions, not per completion. I'm not sure the exact breakdown to get into that on a later show when if anyone wants to know uh, more breakdown of how our exact points work, but running back, you get your bonuses at 100 receiving yards or 100 rushing yards. Um, one cool thing about our pool, our wide receivers need to have three catches to qualify for the week. So basically, if you have T.Y. Hilton, no, let's better, Deshaun Jackson a week ago, or a couple weeks ago, had one catch, 81 yards, and a touchdown. In a lot of pools, you know, you're going to get your one point for your reception if it's a PPR league, your eight or 8.1 points if you do decimal scoring for your 81 yards, and then your six points for your touchdown. That's a 15-point catch. Our pool, zero points. Same goes for guys like T.Y. Hilton, who I brought up first. King of the two catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns, zero points in our pool. So uh, wide receivers also get bonuses at the 100 yards. They also get bonuses for seven catches in a game and 10 catches in a game. So guys who have huge volume, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allens, uh, those guys are great because they'll get you a lot of times the seven catch bonus, sometimes the 10 catch bonus too. Uh, we do have kickers. We also have DST, but I'm not going to get into those too much because nobody really cares as much about those as I do. So we'll save those for an episode when I uh, don't have as much to talk about. Today we got quite a bit to talk about, so let's get into our running back breakdowns. So <clears throat> the reason why I like to do my stats and my rankings is because my opinion is different than everybody else's. Uh, some guys... You know, like to listen to one show and what they say, that's that's gold right there. Um, me, I like to listen to three, four different podcasts. I like to read articles. Um, like a lot of different sources of information, I like to pull them all together. Along with my own watching of the game, I will then formulate my rankings. I, I like to discuss with other, uh, other players in other leagues um, their thoughts on certain players, situations. I don't talk as much with guys in our league because I can't really trust them. And uh, don't want to give them too much insight as to what my thoughts are. But uh, I feel, you know what, it's 2021. It's time to make a change. You guys want to know what I'm thinking? This is what the cash man's thinking. You want to you jump on board with my line of thought? Cool. It's going to be a little bit difficult for both of us at the draft since we all know we all want the same guys. But I'm cool with that. I'm still going to beat you. Anyways, so into running back breakdown. Um, I like to look at certain stats that I feel are more relevant to our pool. 
um, ways that are going to get you your points, like your 100-yard rushing games, your 100-yard receiving games. Touchdowns, obviously, are a huge thing. Um, volume of touches, um, what, what your offensive line is like, what your contract situation's like, what your age is like, all of these things come into play. So I'm going to go over a bunch of things that I've already started to break down before, now that our fantasy season is done, we still have the playoffs, we still have injuries, then we're going to have the draft, free agency, things are going to ch change quite a bit throughout the offseason, but to let you know where I am, getting ready to gear up for the opening of trade season, once the Super Bowl is done, this is what I'm looking at, guys I'm targeting, or guys that I think you should be targeting that are on my team, because I have too many good guys and can't keep them all, and frankly, some of you guys stink at trying to figure out who to keep, but everybody's allowed to make their own mistakes. I make lots of them. We're going to get into those on future episodes about a few of the terrible trades uh, that I made this year. But hey, you can't win them all. I'm not here to just poke fun at everyone else. I'll poke fun at myself because clearly seven years in a pool, no title. I'm not the best fantasy manager. But I will tell you, I'm very confident I'm better than at least six to eight of these guys every single year without batting an eye. Now, the other three or four guys, you know, a couple of them come, come to play most years. But hey, there's a lot of luck involved in fantasy. We all know that. And uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made. So let me help you uh, make some better decisions since you guys clearly lack that. Uh, let's get into, for starters, our top fantasy scorers of the year at the running back position. It's a pretty good spot to look. Who gets the most points? Uh, I like to break things down into tiers because to me, positions don't matter. And I'll explain more as to why positions don't matter and tiers are what really matter. So, uh, I broke this down in top 5, top 12. Just, just for starters, because I just want to talk about the cream of the crop, the best of the best. Surefire keepers. Like, you, there's no way these guys are going back into a draft. They can't. They can't. Like, even the dumbest of dumb managers who draft two quarterbacks in the first round. We'll get into that later. Um, these guys are keepers. Any way you slice it or dice it, some of them come with a lot more risk. Some come with question marks. And things are going to change. So uh, all we can deal with is where we are right now and what we're going to think when we're trying to make these trades um, to set up our futures or keepers for next year. So top 12 point scores this year. Derrick Henry, 386. Dalvin Cook, 340. Kamara, 293. Jonathan Taylor, 235. Aaron Jones, 219. David Montgomery, 210. Chubb, 206. Robinson, 200. Jacobs, 193. Number 10, Zeke, 173. Gordon came in at 170, tied with Hunt at 170 to round out our top 12. So, how do I look at this? How do I break it down? Well, it's easy. You look at the point totals. They're right there in front of you. I just told them what they are told you what they are and if you don't remember go on the site bring it up look at our site while you're watching this and you can see that these aren't just opinions these are facts i'm throwing at you you will know what the opinions are because i make it known where the opinions lie the numbers are the numbers opinions are opinions so uh as far as our tiers now i look at points are right here 386 340 293 235 that's the top four well to me 386 340, 293, 235. 235 is far too low from 
293, let alone 340, it's 105 points back a second. And then 386. So we're going to go with, you know, our premium upper tier, three, three guys this year, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Also, you might want to look at average points per game. They average 24.1, 24.3, and 19.5. Fourth averaged 15.7. Considerable difference when you're giving up four points a week times 16 weeks. Do the math. 64. So, uh, that's a lot of points to be giving up at year's end. That's, that's why we have tiers. Because once you drop, drop from three to four in this case, that's a big difference. But I also don't like to jump to conclusions uh, as this year could be an outlier year. Uh, is the, this year we get bigger stats or less stats? What do you compare it to? You compare it to the last few seasons, obviously. So uh, with the ever-changing landscape of sports, and frankly the world now, um, I don't like to go too far back. Because once you get too far back, the teams are different, coaches... Uh, the line, everything's, so, a lot of stuff is different. So for today's exercises, I went back three more years, 2017, 18, 19, and the season that just ended 2020, four seasons worth of data here. So uh, we need to get a better understanding of our top tier, the cream of the cream of the crop, to know if it's sustainable, uh, if it's unsustainable, if it's on par, uh, if they have room to go up, what history says when guys put up numbers like these, what happened to them years after that. Um, because guys don't finish in the same position every year. It just, it doesn't happen. You have guys that are bust for whatever reason. You have guys that feel like bust and you have to realize then maybe later they weren't as big of a bust as you thought they were. It's just you had so much higher expectations for them. Maybe your expectations were out of line. That's why you need to do some research and figure out what's expectable of these players if you want to, you know, play at the top level of fantasy. So, uh, looking back over the last four years, Derrick Henry was our points leader this year, 386. Last year, Christian McCaffrey, 378. The year before, Todd Gurley at 333. And the year before that, Todd Gurley at 335. So, our top leader every year gets at least 330 points. Second place, 269, 311, 313, 340. So, you know, back in 2017, there was a bit of a drop to 269. There wasn't a second 300 yard, uh, 300 point getter. So two of them. What about third? 260, 291, 283, 293. Other than the 260, the year of 2017, which clearly we can tell already just from the top three, that it probably was a worse year that year for running backs. So it, that year could be a little bit of an outlier on the downward side of things. Fourth place, 238, 272, 272, 235. Okay, so now we've seen a little change. The three was almost common across the board for this year and the previous two. Where fourth place was 35, 37 points lower this year than both of the last two years. Hmm, interesting. To me it is anyways, that's a telling sign right there. And fifth place, you had 227, 271, 255, 219. So, you know, maybe 2018 is the outlier year where you had five guys score 270 points. Because in 2017, you had one guy score 270. 2018, five guys. 2019, four guys. And 2020, three guys. So basically, I feel when we're looking at our top three cream of the crop, 
you figure your top guy is going to probably get you uh, about three from here, 335, 333, 378, 386. Even if you want to go low end, 335, 340, your second place guy is going to probably get you about 300 points or so, maybe just a shade over. And then third place is going to be in around the 290 range. Fourth place, fifth place, this is when you we've been seeing the drop-offs in the US Pax. Doesn't mean it's going to happen that way next year, but don't think we're going to have 14 guys score 300 points next year. I, I just don't foresee that kind of change happening. So um for the the past year that just ended we got our cream of the crop our derrick henry dalvin cook alvin Kamara. then we slide into our second tier you got jonathan taylor 235 aaron jones 219 david montgomery 210 chubb 206 robinson 200 and i'm gonna stop there for reasons uh these guys are now separated by 35 points from robinson at number eight to taylor at number four keeping in mind Taylor, Montgomery were the only two in that group that played 15 games. Jones played 14, Robinson played 14, Chubb played 12. So the fact that those guys were locked within 35 points of each other and there was game differentiality when, you know, you have guys averaging in this range uh, between about 14 and 17 points a game, those two games, that's another 35 points. That means you're probably three or four spots higher on this list. So that is a tier right there. Taylor, Jones, Montgomery, Chubb, Robinson. That's how the tier ended this year. And our final tier for the top, as far as how the points broke down, we got Josh Jacobs at 193, Zeke at 173, Gordon and Hunt at 170. Uh, now you say, well, Jacob's only seven points behind Robinson. Why is he in another tier below him? Well, first of all, I got to make a cutoff second somewhere. Second of all, Jacobs played an extra game on top of Robinson. He played 14 versus 15. So if you give Robinson his average of 14 more points, now he's up to 214. He's now ahead of Chubb and Montgomery in the same number of games as Montgomery. This is why I decided to make my tier where I did. So Jacobs 193, Zeke 173, Gordon and Hunt 170. How do those compare to years past when you're looking at the bottom? Well, let's just leave Jacobs in a tier kind of in Neverland by himself. Uh, we got Zeke, Gordon, Hunt, 173, 170, 170 for 10 through 12. 10 through 12 years passed, 201, 200, 197, 202, 191, 191. And then our low year, 2017, 191, 167, 166. So even in our low year, where we didn't have a, a second guy reach 270 in 2017, Zeke at 10 was still a 191. Now this year, Zeke at 10 is only a 173. Where last year at 10 was Mixon 201, Henry 202. So we see that over the years, we see that there's usually a good six guys cluttered amongst the bottom tier, uh, all kind of together. And then even the, the lesser guys, your 10 to 12, probably uh, even goes into 13, 14, 15 range. Those guys are not necessarily too, too far back. You have to figure out where you're drawing your line and how your tiers shake out, how many guys are in each tier. But that's just a, you know, starter. That's how I'm breaking down how I look at the points that are scored because that's what we're all here for. We're here for the points. Who's going to get me the most points and how am I going to win this pool? So it's important to look at the points, how many points they're going to get and how, many, how more valuable they are versus other guys two spots lower, 
four spots lower, six spots lower, because you might not be that many spots lower, but if you're averaging seven, eight, nine points a game less, that's a huge difference. Okay, let's continue breaking down uh, the cream of the crop here over the last four years. So the top five the last four years, 20 spots, is consisted of 12 players. Kamara's done it three times. Henry's done it twice. Cook, Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, and Zeke have all done it twice. Six guys have done it twice. Five guys have done it once. Finished in the top five the last four years. The guys who have done it once, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, Mark Ingram. Okay, let's expand that. Let's see who's finished in the top 12 the last four years. One guy's been there all four years, Zeke. Four guys have been there three times of the last four years, Kamara, Henry, Hunt, and Gordon. Ten guys have been in the top 12 twice. Cook, Jones, McCaffrey, Gurley, Barkley, Ingram, Fournette, Mixon, Carson, Chubb. And the guys that have broken in there once, Taylor, Bell, McCoy, Howard, Lewis, Hyde, Connor, uh, David Johnson, Eckler, Montgomery, Robinson, and Jacobs. So we can see uh, out of the last four years, top 12, 48 guy, 48 positions. It has been done by 12, 22, 23, 27 guys filling up 48 spots. So clearly we can see that guys will stay there, will repeat. But for the most part, not too many guys. We do have turnover year after year within the top five and the top 12. Looking at these numbers here, the consistent guys, Zeke, Kamara, Henry, they're, they're consistently top five, also top 12. Um, Zeke, not as much top five, but he's been in the top 12 every year. So pretty good, pretty good. Look at how we get our points to try and determine if these guys are likely to continue the point production they were on, increase, decrease, where, where we're looking. So one, one thing I like to look at is 100 total yards per game on average. So combined rushing and receiving stats, 100 yards a game. How many guys have averaged it? How, how common is this? How many guys do this? Is this what we're looking at? So once again, last four years, I broke it down. Uh, there was eight guys in 2020, nine guys in 2019, nine guys in 2018, and seven guys in 2017. Um, I can give you the list of names if you want, but I'm going to leave something up to you guys to do. So to break down the numbers, though, as far as what I'm looking at here, 100 yards a game. There were seven guys who did it in 2017. Four out of... Uh, the top five were in this list of seven guys. The only guy who finished in the top five who didn't average 100 yards a game in 2017, Mark Ingram. And all seven guys who finished with 100 yards a game finished in the top 12 in scoring in 2017. So, clear every guy that year did it. 2018, we had nine guys who did it. All five of the top five are on the list of nine, and all guys on this list of nine finished in the top 12 in scoring that year. 2019, we had nine guys do it. Four of, the five, four of the top five are on this list. The only one who was on this list who didn't average 100 yards a game was uh, Jones. And seven out of the top nine, or sorry, seven out of the nine guys on the list were in the top 12. The two guys that were on the list who didn't make the top 12 were Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. They finished 14th and 17th. 2020, we had eight guys do it. Four of the top five are on this list, averaging 100 yards a game. The only guy in 2020 who didn't average 100 yards a game and cracked the top five, Jonathan Taylor, and seven out of eight. The only guy 
who averaged 100 yards a carry. Really, it's 7-7 seven to because seven, the only guy who averaged 100 yards a carry who didn't finish top five was Christian McCaffrey. And obviously, he missed way too much time this year to kind of qualify for almost anything. But uh, he's still on my list regardless. So, over the last four years, how many guys have been on this list four times? None. Nobody's done it four years in a row. That's why I'm telling you, there's always guys coming in and out. You don't think so. Nobody thought Christian McCaffrey wouldn't be a top 30 running back this year. Guess what? He was. So was Saquon Barkley. Like, shit happens. So guys that have done it three times in the last four years. Alvin Kamara, Zeke, and Christian McCaffrey. Guys that have done it twice. Henry, Cook, Chubb, Fournette, Barkley, Gurley, and Hunt. And guys that have been on there once. Montgomery, Jones, Robinson, Sanders, Jacobs, Connor, Mixon, Gordon, Bell, and Lewis. So clearly we see guys have the capability to do it multiple years. Um, but it is a pretty tall feat. That's why we have never had 10 guys do it. So like I said, the, we're looking at the cream of the crop, the top of the top. And these are the guys. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Zeke. Big surprise. I think we all know that these guys are up there. Zeke's a lot more of a question mark. He's got a bit more tread on his tires. Um, but he also had a weird year this year having to play without Dak and all his stuff. We'll get into him a bit more later. Guys who have done it twice, Henry, Cook, Chubb, Fournette, Barkley, Gurley, Hunt. Are these guys going to join the group and do it three times? Are they going to have down years? I don't know, but we can see that guys are capable. And then the guys who have done it once, are they one-hit wonder, so to speak, as far as averaging 100 yards a game? Or are they likely to be on this list next year as guys that have done it twice now in the last four years? These are things that I like to look at to try and break down where the points come from, the yardages, and uh, whether these guys are going to do it again, whether I want to take my chance on them doing it again, or whether I'm going to trade them to you guys so you guys can take a chance on them doing it again. Because you got to take somebody. Like there's, there's very, very few sure, sure shots. Christian McCaffrey was maybe the surest of the sure shots. What happened to him? Nothing. He was out. Injured. Saquon Barkley. Home run hitter. No problem. Out. You never know. Maybe this happens to Kamara next year. Maybe it happens to Dalvin Cook again. You know, there's things that you can't predict, but you take your best shots. So, next way we score points in this pool, touchdowns. Who gets lots of touchdowns? Lots of touchdowns is a good thing. So, I uh, came up with an uh, arbitrary line of 11 total touchdowns receiving and, uh, receiving and rushing. Didn't include any return touchdowns because that doesn't matter in our pool. So, uh, there, over the last four years, there's been 32 times that a player has scored 11 touchdowns, and those 32 times have been done by 19 players. So, in 2020, there was nine guys. 19, there was eight guys. In 18, there was nine guys. In 2017, there were six guys. So, consistently, we have about eight guys or so, nine guys that can rack up 11 total touchdowns. Who were they this year? Leading the league, Kamara, 21. Cook and Henry was 17 apiece. Then you drop down, Chubb, Jacobs, Taylor with 12 apiece, and then you got Gibson, Hunt, and Jones all with 11 apiece. 2019, you had Jones and McCaffrey leading the league with 19, Henry with 18, Mark Ingram with 15, Zeke and Gurley with 14, Cook with 13, Eckler with 11. 2018, you had Gurley with 21, Kamara 18, Barkley 15, Gordon and Hunt 14, Connor McCaffrey with 13, Henry and James White with 12. And going all the way back to 2017, we got Gurley with 19, Camaro with 13, 
Gordon and Ingram with 12, Bell and Hunt with 11. So clearly we can see 2011, a bit of a downscoring year with the running backs with regards to touchdowns, which kind of makes sense because when we look back at what our overall point letters got us in 2017, that was the year we didn't have anybody score 270 points. It all correlates, you know, so you just need to do some research. Use your brain if you have one. I know a few of you don't, but that's why I'm here to help you. You can latch onto my twisted brain and see if we can't get your uh, results a little higher in the standings than uh, bottom four. Um, so to break it down again, guys who have uh, the most touchdowns scored over the last four years, Gurley with 63, Kamara with 58, Henry with 53, McCaffrey and Gordon with 45 apiece, Aaron Jones with 42, Zeke with 40, Hunt 39, Cook 36, Ingram 35. So it, it kind of lines up and you can see which guys were targeting, which guys were not. And which guys are maybe a little more interesting to be on this list? Todd Gurley's at the top of the list. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a top three pick this year. I don't think he's a keeper. I don't think he, he, he's, no. It's, these are numbers that we need to decipher and realize who's going to overvalue them and who's going to be smart enough to realize Todd Gurley is not the you know, number one guy, not number 10 guy. He's not in the top 20 running backs, I don't think. We haven't gotten that far yet, but... Just saying. Other guys that are a little bit interesting on the list, Kareem Hunt at 39, uh, Melvin Gordon at 45. That's a number that was a little interesting to me because I wouldn't have imagined him being that high, but I also am a little bit more down on Gordon. I always have been. I'm never not a big fan of his, um, but we'll see what happens with him moving forward. There'll be a lot going on there. What happens with Philip Lindsay? Is he back? Are they sharing time work again? Otherwise, it's hard to put Gordon in the top tier of no doubt, no brain keepers who you're trading first round draft picks for and you're happy about it because you're getting a deal. You shouldn't be able to trade for a guy like an Alvin Kamara and what, give up a first round draft pick? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta give up way more than that to get a guy like that. That's my opinion. We see what happens in this pool with trades and uh, we're gonna get into that in future episodes and break down some trades, good, bad, and ugly. But uh, let's keep on here with our uh, running back breakdown. Okay, the next thing I want to get into here uh, is a little number breakdown on a few of my favorite categories just to see uh, how many guys we're looking at are in the elite of the elite tier, how many guys generally each year are going to be there, and uh, let's go. Uh, the 10, 10 stats we're going to look at, 1,000-yard rushers. Uh, how many were there this year? Eight. Last year, 16. The year before, nine, and the year before that, nine. So you see last year was double any of the other three years. Probably an outlier. How many guys had 200 rushing attempts? This year there was 10. Last year 20. The year before 14. The year before that 18. How many, seven, how many guys averaged 70 rush yards a game? 2020 there was 11. There was 11 last year. 10 the year before that. And 8 back in 2017. And how many guys get 9 or more rush TDs a year? 12 guys this year, 7 guys last year, 10 guys the year before, 5 guys the year before that. So basically all your numbers are no, for those categories, you're looking at about 10 guys a year that do it, maybe 12. Uh, so, so less when you're looking at 1,000-yard rushers. There's 8, 9, 9, and 16 last year. Um, but you see, last year, there was 16,000-yard rushers because there was 20 guys who had tw uh, 200 attempts. Doubled the amount of guys this year. 
but yet both years have 11 guys averaging 70 rush yards a game. And this year there was more guys with nine or more touchdowns, even though last year there was twice as many guys with 200 touches. That's why you need to look into all the numbers to see where the lies and where the truths are. So let's get into some receiving numbers. How many guys averaged 50 plus receptions? Uh, who had 50-plus receptions. This year, eight guys. Last year, 13. The year before, 16. The year before, 14. How many guys had 350 receiving yards? 13 guys this year, 16 last year, 19 the year before, 17 the year before that. How many guys had three or more rushing TDs? Or, sorry, receiving TDs. Uh, there was 10 guys this year, 13 last year, 16 the year before, and 13 the year before that. We already went over the 100 total yards per game. Eight this year, nine the year before, nine the year before that, seven, 2017. And uh, 11 or more total TDs, 11 this year, eight last year, nine the year before, six the year before that. So basically all these numbers, they're geared to look at the top 10, top 12 guys. Because uh, those are like, I've been talking about all episode, the no-brain keepers. That's who we want to keep. So let's break into it a little more. Uh, who had the most rushing yards per game this year? Derrick Henry, 126 a game. Makes sense. That's a lot of rushing yards, especially when you're getting uh, bonuses for hitting 100 rushing yards every game. Uh, so he led the league at 126. Where's my cutoff for today? Number 16, Alvin Kamara. Yes, I chose Alvin Kamara on purpose. He averaged 62.1. He was number 16 in the league, 62.1. Derrick Henry was 126. Derrick Henry was more than double him. So did Derrick Henry have twice as many points as him? No. Derrick Henry was first. Alvin Kamara was third. Derrick Henry had just under 100 points less than him. Or more than him, sorry. Well, why is that? Because Derrick Henry doesn't catch balls. And as I just told you, Alvin Kamara, or as I'm about to tell you, Alvin Kamara led the league in receiving. As he almost always does when Christian McCaffrey isn't around. Or, you know, having a guy like that. So, um... The guys who averaged the most rush yards per game, you had Henry at 126, Cook at 111, Chubb at 88, Jones at 78, Taylor at 77, Robinson 76, McCaffrey 75, and whatever he played, three or four games, Sanders at 72, Mixon, Montgomery, Jacobs all at 71, Rojo at 69, Gordon and Zeke at 65, Drake at 63, and Kamara at 62. So those were the top 16 in rush yards per game. You know, you had Derrick Henry leading the league with 2,000 yards, big drop-off down to Cook at 1,500, and then a big drop-off again down to Taylor at 11.69. Then you got Jones at 11.04, Robinson at 10.50. Uh, no, sorry, Montgomery at 10... Yep, sorry, Robinson 10.70, Montgomery also at 10.70, Jacobs with 10.65. Those are your 8,000-yard rushers. Thing they all had in common, they all finished in the top 12. Uh, the only guy who didn't finish in the top 12 that didn't average 62 rush yards a game, Kareem Hunt. That's why he was an interesting guy, because he does get so much touchdown and he does get work in the passing game. All right, let's move forward to the passing stats for this year. Uh, who led the league in receptions? I'm sure you all know, Alvin Kamara. Never had less than 81 catches in a season. Now, this isn't a PPR league, so we don't get points for those receptions. We don't get bonus points for when you get seven receptions, only... Your wide receivers and tight ends get that, not your running backs. So, Kamara had the most, 83. J.D. McKissick, 80. Huh, I think he was traded for a bag of chips. Naheem Hines, 63. Davis, 59. Montgomery, Eckler, both with 54. Chase Edmonds with 53. Zeke with 52. 
Robinson and James White with 49, and Jones and Bernard with 47. Well, one thing I noticed, there's a whole bunch of names on here I haven't mentioned today. They weren't top 12 running backs. J.D. McKissick, Naheem Hines, Davis, uh, Eckler, Edmonds, James White, Bernard. These are uh, pass-catching backs, third-down backs. Um, Eckler had an injury-shortened season, so he's an interesting guy. He still managed 54 grabs, but obviously didn't put it together on the ground the same. But his season was shortened. But you can see that if you have the right guys that have a lot of rushing and a lot of receiving, these are the best guys to have. I, I, I think, anyways. Derrick Henry obviously doesn't catch any balls. He's still great to have. No doubt. The guy led our league in points this year. Like, uh, Let's look at the receiving yards. Because this, this matters a bit more to me than the catches. Catches shows opportunity. Because... If you have a guy who catches a couple balls and breaks them for 70 yards, he may have higher yards, but he doesn't have the catches. He's not going to have the opportunities. More than likely, Miles Sanders isn't ripping off three 70-yard touchdown catches a year. Might do it once or twice, but this year, not next year, or the year after probably, my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, receiving yards amongst running backs this year. Leader, Alvin Kamara, 756. Number two, J.D. McKissick, 589. It's almost a 200-yard drop. Number three, 482. Number four, 438. Uh, Eckler at 403. And Chase Edmonds at 402. So there's six guys who had 400 receiving yards. Kamara uh, had over 350 more yards than the guy who finished fifth. <clears throat> guy's a stud. A stud. I think you all know that. I think you know how I feel about it. Kamara uh, is the man. Rush, uh, rushing TDs, or receiving TDs. Jeez, we're having a good end of this show, eh? Kamara uh, leads the way with five. Hines had four. Edmonds had four. Robinson with three. Bernard with three. And then the rest of these guys got two. So... You got to find where you can find these points because when you find an extra 10 points in receiving TDs, an extra 20 points in receiving yards, that's an extra 40 points. That's going to make up differences. Like these are the small differences that get you from having a first place championship season or a third place season like I did this year, 24 points away from a title. Like, all right, last thing I'm going to go over here with you guys to close out this opening episode is uh, the age and contract situation of these top guys. Because to me, these are big deals. They can be big deals. We've seen Le'Veon Bell hold out. We've seen Melvin Gordon hold out. And he came back and didn't do him so well. Now, did it? Uh, and we don't want old guys. Todd Gurley, I talked about it earlier. You don't want that guy, do you? He, he has the most touchdowns in the last four years. 63 of them. Who cares? Let some other schmuck draft him. At least, it all depends on value. Because if you're getting Gurley in the 15th round, yeah, draft Gurley, of course. But when you want to take him at the back end of round one, you might, you might as well draft two quarterbacks in round one if you're going to do something dumb like that. Anyways, let's go over the age of, our, uh, of my top guys here that I think are the cream of the crop. Kamara's 26, Henry's 27, Cook's 26, McCaffrey's 25, Aaron Jones is 26, Chubb's 25, Zeke's 26, Barkley's 24, Robinson's 23, Taylor's 22, Eckler 26, Sanders 24, Jacobs 23, Montgomery 24, Gordon 28. 
I think we see a trend here. There's two guys on this list over the age of 26. Derrick Henry at 27, Melvin Gordon at 28. There's only two guys on this list that are under the age of... Oh, only one guy under the age of 23. Jonathan Taylor, 22. Everybody on this list is 23, 24, 25, or 26. Young guys, rookie contracts. Maybe they got the bag. A bunch of these guys have got the bag. Kamara, Henry, Cook, McCaffrey. They all got it. Aaron Jones. This is his year. Does he resign in Green Bay? Does he sign somewhere else? Does he have to hold out or he wants more money? I don't know. That could be something that would worry somebody. For me, not so much. The guy's a top five stud. We've seen it over the stats I've broken down. Uh, but that is a worry. That could be a worry. So could Nick Chubb. He's entering the final year, the fourth year of his rookie deal. He probably wants to get paid, probably wants some security. Uh, he's proven in his first three years in the league, the guy's a stud running back. He's done it with Kareem Hunter, vulturing touchdowns, uh, vulturing catches. Um, but yet Chubb is still there year after year at the top. So, But he, he needs a new contract. Let's hope he doesn't hold out. I'm a Browns fan. Y'all know that. I don't want him holding out. But these are the brass facts. Like, this could happen. So, um, everyone else on the list, though, in my opinion, with the exception of Jones and Chubb, look pretty decent. Zeke's in the third year of his deal. He has an opt-out after 2022. Bark Barkley is another interesting one, actually. I, I correct myself. He's in the fourth year of his rookie deal coming off a major injury. He may want to hold out and get himself some insurance in case he gets injured again this year. Uh, Robinson, second year of his rookie deal. Taylor, same second year of his rookie deal. Eckler got the bag. He's in year two of four. He has an opt-out after next year, though. Uh, shouldn't come into play, though, for planning ahead for next season. Sanders is on the third year of his rookie deal. Same with Jacobs and Montgomery, both on third-year rookie deals. And Gordon is on the last year of his two-year deal, so he'll be a free agent at the end of next season. So these are the things that I want to show you that this is what I look at. This is how deep involved I like to try to get into the numbers to give myself the best opportunity to make the best decisions. Are you going to always make the best decisions? Of course not. There's going to be just straight up bad luck that happens. Uh, Saquon Barkley going down. Completely bad luck. Christian McCaffrey, same shit. Now, when does it become bad luck? Oh shit, I can't believe that happened. And how much of it is like, dude, it's Deshaun Jackson. This guy has pulled a hamstring in nine straight years. Like, that guy is an injury risk, you know? When you're younger... You know, it, it can be a little scary because if the guy has a couple injuries, Dalvin Cook's had some injuries. Is he an injury risk? He looked pretty damn good. He was our number two scorer this year. He played most of the season. So, looking good. Um, last thing I'm going to do, I'm going to let you guys know my top tiers. This is how I break my tiers down. Right now, as things stand, heading into the playoffs, I have a top tier of three guys. Bet you can guess who they are. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I got a guy in the top three, can't miss, home run every time, who doesn't catch balls. He's Derrick Henry. He just ran for over 2,000 yards. Fuck, the guy's a stud. Now, the next tier, what I like to call the scary tier, because these guys are all league winners if they hit. If they hit. They didn't. They did, they don't, do they? I don't know. It's up for us to decide. We're going to break it down over the offseason, see what changes happen with their organization, coaching changes, 
the draft, do they bring in somebody, free agency, all sorts of stuff. Scary tier, here are my guys. I got right under those top three. Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. And I'm sure you guys know the risks that come with these guys. McCaffrey just missed the whole season, basically. Barkley did miss the whole season. Zeke, he did not look nearly as good this year uh, during stretches. Uh, wasn't getting the ball as much. He also didn't play with Dak. He also is the only guy in our top 12 four years in a row. He's got some serious tread on his tires. He is only 26 still at the start of next season, but he, I, to me, he's a bit of a risk. Chubb. He has uh, Kareem Hunt there. He's going into the last year of his contract. Possible holdout risk. Aaron Jones, we don't know where he's going to sign. If it's back in Green Bay, I think that's bingo for Aaron Jones. But who knows? He could go to another situation that could be bingo for him too. We don't know. If you pay now or if you try to trade for him now, you might. You don't know what you're getting. But that's what guys do. Guys are horny. They need guys now. They're like, oh, he's on the market. Let me get him now. And then it doesn't work out. Or, or they don't do their homework. Don't worry, I'm helping you. I'm, we're going to get through this together. And uh, the, last, the last two tiers I'll talk about, so those are my top two. My, my top two tiers. Third tier, very small tier. Two guys. James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor. Now, Robinson, to me, undrafted free agent, saw more percentage of his team's rushing yards or rush, uh, rushing attempts than any running back in the league. He missed two games, was still top five in rushing yards, uh, and he should have a new quarterback next year, Trevor Lawrence. She's going to have a new coach next year. Uh, they have so many holes on their offense. I don't see why they're going to go out and spend any capital on getting a running back when you have one that's on a rookie deal as an undrafted free agent. Like, I don't see problems with him, but hey, uh, you never know. I think uh, he's he's number nine on my list right now. Ten would be uh, Taylor in that little tier of two. Jonathan Taylor looking like a stud. Who knows though? Is Marlon Mack, Mack, Marley, Marlon Mack back next year? Who's the quarterback? P. River? I don't think he's coming back. It's sounding like he's ready to hang him up. Questions? Young studs though. Studs. These guys could... Robinson Taylor, these could be the next Zeke and Barkley or Gurley, or, or Kamara that we're all drooling over, saying, oh, I need to get this guy. But you think I'm going to let you try and talk me down? Oh, boy, they're going to get pieces. They're going to get you. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know how much easier it's going to be for him to run? He was the only piece on their offense this year. Whatever. We can argue later. So that tier, and the last tier I'll get into today is an interesting tier to me because these guys, I don't think, rank where the other guys do. That's why they're in the fourth tier. You got Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Montgomery, and Gordon. Five guys that we've all seen when they're at the top of their game, they look great. Problem is, what's the top of their game? How often can they stay on the field? What does the team look like next year? Austin Eckler missed a chunk of this year. He's got a stud, stud quarterback, Herbert. But he also has a good tight end, good wide receivers. He, he also catches a ton of balls, though. Can he stay healthy? He's had an issue with staying healthy. Maybe they bring in another back to split time with, uh, like he was doing more before when Gordon was there, and maybe that'll help keep Eckler healthier longer, but will also bring down his value. Miles Sanders, <laughs> Philadelphia, that is a problem. They need to figure 
all sorts of things out. The, who's his quarterback next year? Do they, is he on the roster? They don't even know themselves. So Josh Jacobs, I'm not, I'm not sold on Josh Jacobs. And uh, him and Gordon, both in this tier, both looking at possible suspensions going into next year. These are, these are facts, man. You want to say, oh, he's not going to get suspended? Me, what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, the research I'm doing, it looks like both guys are looking at probably two-game or three-game suspensions. I'm not saying they're not a keeper. Absolutely, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying these guys aren't as surefire as everybody else that I've already named. And the guys that are less surefire, I'd rather take my chances on Barkley, Zeke, uh, McCaffrey than on Sanders, Jacobs, Montgomery, like... It's, it's just not worth it to me. So those are my top four tiers that we're going to go over for today. I think I've uh, laid a lot out on the table for everybody to try and grasp, try and uh, soak in. Uh, I'm still trying to learn the ropes here on my end. First podcast. I feel like it went okay. We've had some uh, technical glitches we've had to try and work through here, but uh, we got it done today. So I'd just like to thank everybody for tuning in for the first ever episode of Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. Uh, I do look forward to emails, questions, suggestions, comments. I'll read them on the air if you guys like. Uh, you can email me at dynastybreakdownwithcash at outlook.com. Um, next week, uh, I look, I'm hoping to drop one or two episodes a week. Uh, next episode, I think I might be getting into maybe some quarterback uh, breakdowns and stuff like that. Uh, but we're just trying to get ready for trade season and uh, get everybody on the same page. So, uh Hopefully it's a much tougher, much harder uh, pool for everybody to win. And uh, we don't have as many schmucks that are always scraping the bottom of the barrel like they always are. But uh, other than that, that's uh, your first Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. I'm Cash, and uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, hopefully you come back and check me out some more. Stay safe, everybody.